Happiness is an inside job. At Happy Healthy You, Connie Bowman helps us find our way with inspiring conversations and healthy ideas for living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. Happy Healthy You. And now here's Connie. Podcast. I'm Connie Bowman, the host, and this podcast is all about living a whole life in mind, body, and spirit. As you know, if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time, well, then I just encourage you to go back and listen to some of the awesome guests I've had on the podcast. They've talked about everything from healing childhood wounds to great nutrition to exercise, to meditation, to spirituality, I mean, you name it, anything that can help us live a happy, healthy life, pretty much we've had them on Happy Healthy You. So take a listen to some of the past podcasts. Today, I'm super excited to talk to my guest, Paulette Kaufman Sherman. She's a licensed psychotherapist with a master's and doctorate degree in clinical psychology with concentrations in school psychology and family therapy. She's also a certified life coach, and she's an author, a teacher, and a speaker. She's worked in high schools, universities, hospitals, partial programs, nursing homes, group and private psychotherapy practices. Oh my gosh, she's done everything. Her specialties are clients with relationship issues, self-esteem, depression, anxiety, career issues, familial and personal struggles, all that stuff that we all go through in in life. And we talk about that so much on this podcast. So Paulette, I'm so excited to talk to you. She won in 2013 Woman of the Year in Psychology in New York. And she is an awesome person. And she's written this really cool book among many of her books. One of her books is so interesting. It's the Book of Sacred Baths. And I'm so excited to talk to her about this idea for self-care. Paulette, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about one of my favorite things to do, taking a sacred bath. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Connie. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah. What made you write a book about baths? Are you a fan of baths? (laughs) I am now. (laughs) No, I always did like baths, but it wasn't sort of a central thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happened was uh, four years ago, unfortunately, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I had to go through chemotherapy and radiation and all this stuff. And in doing so, I started to work with an angel healer, which is a story in of itself, a synchronicity. And he wanted me to meditate and I was learning different energetic approaches to things, prayer and meditation, learning about angels. And, um, you know, I'm always a good student. And he would ask me, so did you meditate this week? And I never wanted to disappoint him. And sometimes I would walk and get messages by the beach where I live. But often I'd be so busy with deadlines and two little kids. I think they were one in three at the time. So um, what I sort of invented for myself is I noticed that I could get still and be really quiet and even be left alone in the bath. So that became a way to kind of integrate a lot of the things that I knew were healing for me, like the law of attraction, um, you know, visualization, prayer, meditation meditation and make it in a very compact time of 25 minutes before I would go to work and it would shift me from fear into love especially with everything I was going through so I started to do that for about two years and it really had huge effects on on me just even small things from mental clarity to well-being um, and bigger things to creative ideas all the time and messages um, guidance my books went very quickly I had a had a message to write a legacy of 22 books and now I'm on, I'm on 21 four years. Wow. 
That's some powerful bath, so would, bath water. <laughs> yeah. So I can't promise that, but it really worked for me. Um, and then, kind of funny enough, I, I specialize in dating and marriage therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I would always kind of like tell my husband, we need to go on a date night because the research really supports that. Plus, like, you know, it's the only time we would be alone without our kids. So we'd end up having to get a babysitter and go out. And so he actually went along with um, taking couples baths at one point. So I was doing this for two years before I wrote the book. And we would start taking couples baths with a shared intention and, um, you know, for issues in our different issues in our relationship. So that became part of it. And then one day after we'd been doing this for a while, I got I asked for messages about our relationship and I got the message, you're going to write a book, the book of sacred baths that will help wow. you and other couples. And I was like, and he was like rolling his eyes. Oh, another book. <laughs> So that's how this book came about. Wow. Well, this just yeah. took, this podcast just took a whole different, <laughs> talking about couples baths. I want to go back. That, yes. You said so many great things. So um, first, I want to talk to you a little bit about, we mentioned on this podcast a lot about wounded healers. You've heard the term, I'm sure. Yeah. You're a Reiki master. You're a, um, a licensed psychotherapist. So you are a bona fide healer, but you've also had your own healing journey. Um, with breast cancer, can we like clarify everything's good? You're in, in so far, so, so good. Far, it's so, been, yeah. I think four years now. So wow. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting how we, uh, you mentioned my book too. I mean, we go through these things in life and it takes us, um, it can be our, our opportunity for awakening and, and open new doors for us. So it's obviously been that, that way for you. So what, yeah. what brought you to that angel healer? I'm going to go there first. Okay. And I was going to add to what you just said, too, mm-hmm. that um, I think the quote is by James Hillman. I'm not sure an analyst, but he says, your wound is your way into the world. Oh. And that always stuck with me. So, you know, we always think something is bad and dark, and it might be whether it's karma or just something mm-hmm. that we have to learn from, but then it is our way to also contribute potentially and grow. Mm-hmm. So, um, so how did I get the angel healer? Okay, so I have a sister named Avra, an older sister, four years older, and she lives in California, and she and her boyfriend at the time, when they heard I had cancer, were able to take off two weeks and come here. Nice. And so... Um, you know, I'm doing my regular thing, commuting 90 minutes to work, writing, you know, seeing the kids, basically not having too much time to myself, as maybe many women can relate to. And my sister said, listen, um, I've researched all these things, these organizations. It was like overwhelming. She's very good at research. She's like, you know, she's a, has a PhD in English literature. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she comes awesome. up with all this stuff I should join. Like, I have time for that. And then, you know, and then she says, um, and you should go to this group and whatever. And it was a good idea. But at the time, I was just trying to go through treatment and do everything else that I was doing. And it was a lot, you know. Um, So I said, well, I would like to do something, but I don't know if I have time to, you know, commute and leave the kids and go do that also so I probably would have done therapy but she said it was you know a synchronicity would have it she said well in California I go to this angel circle she was into angels and fairies she reads books like Dorian Virtue and she said there's this guy named Chris he's amazing I had a reading with him she's like what you know he's on the phone he's really nice just promise me no matter what don't be stoic and do what you normally do he's don't do this like act like nothing's wrong and just you know reach out to him and promise you'll call him I said okay Avra, I'll call him <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so I did and, um, you know, and actually, to be fair, I was always interested in spirituality because my first book before this all happened, you know, maybe, I don't know, six years before something was about the law of attraction and dating. So I always had been interested in spiritual psychology anyway. But here we have it. I have to, like, embody it in my life in a new way. Mm-hmm. And um, and I didn't know too much about angels. So it turns out that I started, um, instead of doing weekly therapy, most people would go to him more as an intuitive and have, like, a session. I wanted to have a session about 
why this happened to me. Um, you know, not That's only as a victim, question, but yeah. yeah, not as a victim, but I, I could, you know, I could understand I've been healthy my whole life. Why now? Like, was there a reason? Um, and I wasn't sure whether I know mind, body, spirit, I always felt those all go together. And I know you can just have a physical thing, but I wanted to know, was there a reason? And is that always the case? So, um, and I, and I thought if I could make spiritual meaning of it, I don't know if this was the case for you, but when you're suffering and you have meaning and, you know, that comes back to, I'm a, um, daughter of a, of a Holocaust survivor and my grandmother was Holocaust. So, uh, you know, I'd read Victor Frankl and I knew that when you can make meaning and have a, a very big why or reason for something, right. it can really get, help your spirit get through it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, to go back a minute, I, before I did that, I walked on the beach near my house and I asked, oh my God, am I going to die? Like the day after I got the diagnosis. And I heard, no, you're going to be okay. Um, I'm like, have I accomplished what I'm here to do? Because it felt really important just in case. Um, and, and I heard you did your five major things that you were meant to do, which I won't go over here, but you still have a legacy of 22 books to write. And I heard this very clearly. And I don't get, mess- I wasn't like, like him where I would get messages was constantly all the time. Um, so I was like really going to pay attention to that. So, you know, of course my sister's here, she's a PhD in English literature. I'd written one published book or something a long time ago. And she was like, listen, play, you're, you're not going to like write books on top of everything you're doing. You're not even that great a writer. Cause she's like a great writer. <laughs> she said, she said, you're crazy. Like you don't have energy for this. So I, so I kind of at first was like, well, I'm going to ask Chris because, you know, he's an intuitive and you respect him so much. So I talked to him and he said, yeah, you're supposed to write this book. You're going through this. Um, one reason is so that you can help um, a lot of other women. And he said, it's kind of like the um, spiral staircase. Like, you know, you're a little bit of a couple stairs above them and you can turn back and help them up. Mm. Um, and he's like, and that's what we're here to do. And he's like, you're going to learn a lot from being like you said, a wounded healer from being the patient as well. Mm-hmm. And from kind of saying what you had to get through and how that was. And, 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 you know, since you often express yourself through writing. And then he also told me some other things about like how this happened because I needed to improve my self care and slow down. I'm an Aries and I'm always going, going, going. So ironically, he didn't say anything about this book, but the water, you know, if you think you're a fire sign is really opposite of fire and it really balances you and helps you connect more with your feminine side and your intuition Mm -hmm. so it all kind of came full circle but the thing that really got my attention beyond the fact that he was just like yeah go ahead and write the books and and my whole family was like no you know (laughs) I'm really unsupportive at the time but also he um he began to tell me about a book I was already writing, not for the legacy, but I just had been writing a book on dating because that's what I specialize on. And he told me all about everything I was writing and why it was important in society. So that really got my attention. So the combination of him being intuitive, but also as I saw over time grounded, you know, I just got very lucky in that situation. It might not have worked out or been for me or been too far afield, but um, we developed a friendship and we've been talking on the phone weekly pretty much for like four years now. Wow. And so we kind of opened up, more. I was always open, but it opened up new aspects of healing. And then along the way, I got my Reiki certification and, you know, other things like that. So Yeah, so you've come a long way since that diagnosis. Wow, yeah. that's that's pretty powerful. I'm glad we started with that. So your family was, was raised Jew- Jewish and... Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, of, yeah, no, yeah, they were. Yeah, um, well, you have I'm, that lineage. I definitely have that lineage, mm-hmm. and I what I really feel in my heart is really a strong connection to wanting them to know where they came from, mm-hmm. and particularly, like, lessons around the Holocaust. One of the book I wrote was about my grandmother, who was, like, an amazing woman who was at my wedding at 99 and just recently died. But, um, you know, what I took from that is really um, – one of my missions is to help people respect differences and that that's why that occurred. So it's not, I did marry someone who wasn't Jewish. So it's not that I'm so religious, although my kids 
learn about it, as I said, and it is important to me. So I'm more spiritual than religious, but I was raised Jewish. Um, I just think yeah. it's important to acknowledge that, you know, the cultural, uh, what we what we come into this incarnation with and, and what we're exposed to. And I love Viktor Frankl. I love his quote yeah. about between stimulus and response. We have the choice to turn something into a miracle or something negative. So... So absolutely. So let's talk about bass. What it is, what is it about bass? I know I, I probably take three or four baths. I prefer a bath to a shower. Sometimes I'm just like, it's time to take a shower and finally wash my hair, but I love baths. And I, Do you not, say three or four a day. Cause okay. you're like Tom. Ford. Oh, not a day. No, Did I, say <laughs> okay. that? I could. You know, I he does could. that though. <laughs> Who, who does that? Tom Ford, the British designer and filmmaker. Oh yeah. That's a little obsessive. I think. Yeah. But <laughs> when it's cold outside in the winter, I love to just jump in the warm bath, but no, in a week I'll probably take, I'll choose a bath over a shower a few times a week just because it's my time to unwind. But energetically, I know that there's some stuff going on with the water and the idea of turning it into a ritual. Can you talk about that and what that can do for us? Absolutely. And I'm glad you even understand the whole thing about energetic. I know a little bit, but yeah, but, I can know. tell you the basics, but there's even like layers of it that I could go into with yeah. Dr. Mizuro Moto. And I don't know if you're oh, aware yes. of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's layers of metaphysics in this, but anyway, on a basic level, just on a, that anyone could relate to, even if you're spiritual and not religious, everybody needs me time. And I think that we spend like right. a year and a half um, of our lives in the bathroom. So we might as well make it meaningful because mostly we're sitting there on the toilet on our electronics or, you know, worrying about the future instead of programming consciously, like right. using that time. Plus I found, as I said, that I had a one-year-old and three-year-old. Now they're, I think, five and eight. <laughs> and um, I trained them to leave me alone for 25 minutes, but that's really the only time, not only them, but my husband as well. So, you know, it's safe. I'm in the house, but they won't, you know, kind of usually get me. So it's the one time that I can actually be alone, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to create a sacred space. So I distinguish a regular bath from a sacred bath. A regular bath is for your physical hygiene. So you're tempted to like, if you're rushing, do your hair, you know, shampoo your hair, shave your feet, you know, shave your um, legs. You don't do that in a sacred bath. So you kind of set this space. I mean, it's depending how much time you have. You can like burn some incense and or sage. You can um, make sure it's clean in there. Basically, you know, use seventh generation so it's not toxic. Um, and then you light a candle. You put in some Epsom salts, and then based on your intention, which I'll, I could go into in further depth, uh, you match essential oils and a crystal. And it doesn't have to be that much. It could be like two essential oils and a, and a basic crystal to your intention. Um, so you're really making that time extra special, like a sacred oasis. And it smells great because essential oils, you know, it's a, it's a special time just for you where you don't have, you can leave everything behind and yet really zero in on what it is that you want to create in your life. So your bath becomes a path to transformation um, by using the different parts of the ritual that we can go into. So Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And your book I know has has recipes. It's like a recipe book. So you have different baths for different things. I want to talk a little bit about uh, a few things, the history of like ritual bathing because it goes back to ancient days i think right oh, absolutely and then also the the idea of the water as being a conductor of energy right am i wrong i think absolutely was, you're yeah. right on yes so, so talk a little bit about the history maybe and and where sure. the idea of a ritual bath because you hear like i know in europe they still have the the public baths right in turkey that's kind of i don't know that's Did you of, do that? I went to I, one with my I mom. Haven't, I haven't done it. Maybe you can. I've heard about it. I've from kind of friends. scary, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's a it's 
Well, they, it was a necessity. But you talk because I don't really know. So okay, so good. So I wish I had even more real life stories of traveling uh-huh. because I love to travel, and I hope that as my kids get older, we'll do that more. But I have gone, luckily enough, even before I came up with this bath to. Um, Turkish baths, I think they're called hammams, and they scrub you, and they kind of, like, dump water on you, and it's really quite an experience, and such beautiful baths, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really a work of art, and um, I think we went in Morocco as well. Um, Other baths that I've been to is, um, you know, the Jews... The religious Jews do a mikvah if you're married, okay. so I wanted to try that, and that was a, a beautiful experience. I even wrote poetry after it, actually a poem about my mikvah experience, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so you can do that. And, and I think modern, that can I just interject? Modern day synagogues. I'm a I'm just a Christian girl, but uh, what's that called? Shishka or something? Oh yeah, um, shiksa. Shikva. My grandmother yeah. used to. Right, right. Um, I've been into a synagogue and they let me see the bath, the ritual bath that they do. It's pretty cool. I, I mean, I just think it's so, it's so sacred and beautiful. So go ahead. And also, you know, mm-hmm. even though it is a modern modern bath now, it's mm-hmm. good to know about this. And I have a chapter on it because you almost feel like you're not alone. It's like years of history, uh, you know, and ancient magic behind you. I mean, mm-hmm. we could go into that for a while. But the, so the mikvah is a, is a chance to like bring God into your marriage and into your soul. And it's been going on for years, right? They even said, so I think beautiful. Christ might have done a mikvah, who knows, but it's in the Bible, you know, so it's, it's pretty an amazing experience. And I know, um, I think Hindus have something as well where they do sacred bathing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in China and Japan, they do communal bathing. And it's like a huge ritual um when my dad went there i haven't been there but to visit you know people do it together and it's it's really a sacred experience with water i'm trying to think what else, what other cultures in greece and in rome uh, there was a there was something i did i was lucky enough to do here called air bass it's um with an e a i r e bass i don't know if you're close by but if you ever could go it's an amazing experience you feel like you're an egyptian priestess mm. and um i took my husband and I there aren't i I thought I was. Wait a minute. <laughs> okay, well then you maybe I'm don't even sure know. I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it just confirms that you're in your right surroundings, yeah. then, right? <laughs> so you're you're in an environment befitting you, yeah. Connie. But um, it's so it's it's almost like a church uh, inside, and there's candles like it's brick walls, and there's can- little candles all along the walls, and different pools. Based the reason I brought up based on the Roman tradition. So there's a tepidarium and a floatatarium, and all the different pools of slightly different degrees that they used to have and you can just bathe and there's beautiful music and tea and it's just unbelievable and I feel like in our especially in New York City um, Mm -hmm. it's just you're rushing around you're in your fight and flight mode and stress mode and so whether you do it in a public way and you can take my book and my bath rituals and do it in a public way in fact the day that ironically that we went to that bath we'd been scheduled to go was the day Mizuru Omoto died and I had dedicated my book to him and I was really disturbed I mean I didn't know the guy at all but I just thought he was amazing and um so I said to my husband I really want to do a a ritual because not too many people are here just in the regular bath even though we're wearing our bathing suits and dedicated to him because you know he's passing over right now so um synchronicity that that happened huh what did you say sir your book came out the day he died Oh, no, no, no. My book's not out yet. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> my, Go ahead. That's okay. Say that my again. Book, 
out in August, August 8th. Um, So, but I can't remember what the date was at this point, but while I was writing the book, because, you know, it takes forever, right? It took two years to write the book, and then it took two years probably for the book to come out once it was accepted with Llewellyn. So somewhere in there when I was writing books and trying to visit different places, I went to Air Baths, and it just so happened I was scheduled to do it that day. My husband was off from work, and then they announced on Facebook that he had died, and I didn't even know he was sick. And so I had dedicated my book both to him and to the women reading the the book, hopefully. Um, But anyway, and so I was really, um, it was an interesting coincidence. But I'm just saying you can take, you can do these baths in the privacy of your own home or with your spouse, but also in a public way, like with your girlfriends or even in the Mm -hmm. ocean. Like I live right by the ocean. So you have to wear a bathing suit, but, you know, you can um, translate them to be a public ritual as well. So. So big, big history there, big, big, yeah, sacred right. meaning, so meaningful. And I think uh, Mr. Emoto would be a nice segue. Why don't we talk about him as far as that, the idea of water as being a transducer or a conductor of, of energy. I mean, his work was so powerful. I think a lot of people have heard of it, but for those who may not have amazing amazing man and i and i'm sure i just in the beginning of understanding his work but one thing i will share is that he found that praying over water and having an intention will change the quality of the water and when you speak to water or you put words on water like if you say to water you fool um you know it'll have one take one shape that's really ugly and asymmetrical um or even to rice it will ferment you know and look really disgusting whereas if you say something like i love you and i give you gratitude it'll take a beautiful shape <laughs> oh okay yes yes and they even sell stickers now for I try to put glasses. it in my when you drink my coffee and tea in uh, my love that's, that's, or my happiness i think i have a happy happy so go ahead yeah so Mr. Awesome. Emoto, he did some big work with water. He did okay. big work, and even on big bodies of water, right? Mm-hmm. And then he tested it. And even intentions where it was far away, mm-hmm. I think there was a significant difference that they found, like in a lab far away, so that even the time or the distance wasn't as much of an issue. Um, and they also found, I don't know whether it was him, I can't remember right now, but that water retains memory, which is really interesting. Right. So my idea was like using some of this metaphysical research since I was doing the sacred bath anyway, just adds nice, like, luxurious layers of of support to the bath because you're making an intention for the bath you're letting all negativity go down the drain and focusing on what you want like in the law of attraction and in drawing that in the crystal and the essential oils support that and then the water retains the memory of that and you're soaking in it um so and your intention goes into the quality of the water so it's really layers of support for what you're trying to create and that's why your bath is your path to transformation so that's cool very cool yeah so let's talk about some of your favorite baths i mean when i get in the bath i like to light the candles i usually use some epsom salts which are which what are they good for so i know they're good for muscles detox they can take Mm -hmm. all that like you talk about in your book, the psychic energy and the auric field and just clearing all that away. Talk about some of your favorite baths and what, what we can achieve with some of your recipes. <laughs> okay. Well, um, definitely one that I feel like most people could relate to is just relaxation or self-care. So, um, you know, you can put in oils like lavender or a little jasmine, mm-hmm. put a pink candle for self-love. Um, and I'm trying to remember uh, – 
what other there's other essential essential oils that are for um your self-esteem mm-hmm. i could look it up right now i don't know i have so many i have like 52 baths but right. <laughs> but uh but you know for your self-esteem and self-confidence and um you can put in a crystal you can even put in like a quartz crystal to magnify if you don't want to buy a lot of things right. to magnify whatever your intention is but if you wanted let's say to attract more self-love you could put in a rose quartz um as a, as one example because mm-hmm. there are so many crystals if you buy like the crystal bible or my book which is supposed to be all-inclusive because it's one bath for every week of the year you know it'll describe all the essential oils and all the crystals but you can just start with a few you don't have to spend a lot of money mm-hmm. so anyway you would set that up and then maybe put an intention to just let's say self-love because we're the source of all that we do Connie right so mm-hmm. um, we're giving especially if we're like a working mom or I don't care what you do right or you're you're at work or you know you, ha- you have an ailing mother or whatever it is so you're giving 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 all day and we forget that uh, to really focus on what we want and we're the creative of our of our lives and also that we need to refuel. So um, in this case, you could just ask Divine Mother. I have different, I have an appendix actually because it's a spiritual book of all the different um, places that you can call in support. And if you're agnostic, you can call in your higher self, which is still a huge shift in energy because when we're in fear, we're in our ego um, and our lower self. And, you know, when you shift to your higher self and connect with that, you're in a, a different space where, you know, you can really give yourself love. You're no longer in fear and it's limitless and you can get wisdom and and you can really see the bigger picture. So anyway, um, but what I was going to say about the love is like I might call in Shekinah, who's a Jewish goddess, right? She's the Anima Mundi, the the soul of the world. And she has endless love and compassion. And so she will give me that and I can soak in that for 25 minutes. And if I've had two hours sleep, and I kid you not, this has happened to me because my husband snores or my kids wake up, I feel like I've had five hours or, or six hours and I can go throughout the day and be, have mental clarity, feel really loving again and not irritable. Um, you know, and sometimes then I have to take a bath the next day, but you know, it doesn't last forever. But it really is like a huge tool for me um, to feel like I can then go about what I need to do. So I felt like that would be a really good gift for, um, I was going to say for women, but maybe people in general. People in general. Yeah. You have a book about Shakina. I don't know that much about her, but she sounds like a a good one for me. I have a, I have a snore as well. My husband (laughs) snores too. The worst, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the idea of having a different bath for every week or just having that recipe for whatever you need that day. Um, talk a little bit about, like, you live in New York City. You s- talk about what happens to the body, mind, spirit, the the aura when you live in a big, busy city with lots of noise and lots of insults to our spirit, our our, our beautiful souls. What happens? We get kind of kind of dirty. Absolutely. Kind of slime. I don't know if you see energy. I at this moment don't. I don't know if that's something I'll work on with Chris, but um I feel it. I'm very intuitive, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I but I feel like I can speak for myself anyway that um that it's very overstimulating because if you're a sensitive person especially with noise and stuff mm-hmm. in your environment, you like your environment to be beautiful. Um, even though I love New York and what it has to offer, I really feel like sometimes I crave nature, that everything's so busy. And when we get very busy and mental, you know, because we're guarding, we're looking, we're hypervisual looking at things, we go into that fight or flight nervous system. And I learned this when I had breast cancer. Um, and that's really not good for healing. It affects all of our systems, our physiology. I'm sure it affects our aura as well. And so when we go into that expansive mode, um, when we meditate or slow down, that's our healing 
healing um, nervous system, which is called the parasympathetic nervous system. So physiologically, it's much better for us not to be in a state of fight or flight, which New York does to us. But also, I mean, in terms of our aura and everything, it, we can contract because mm-hmm. we can't take so much stimulation in and we almost like zip it up and, you know, and we don't look at anyone. That's what they say about New Yorkers, right? We're not open. Um, we're not being our true selves because we're, we're hypervigilant. So I, I can't, you know, I hate to speak badly about New York, but I think that the point is to take that time to get back to your true self and to be open and to remember who you are and to kind of have stillness and to get back into your healing nervous system um, and to create beauty in your morning mm-hmm. to start out by creating a sacred space because sometimes it doesn't feel like there are boundaries or that there is a sacred space when, let's say, in a city or, or if you're a, you're a subway, young children. you're in a subway. Yeah. Yeah, but even the subway, I'm thinking like in the morning I get a seat, but when I come home, it's just unbelievable, especially if you have bags, you know. So um, to just remember who you are, to create sacred space and to take that with you in a sense, mm-hmm. that inner, like people say, a room of your own, take that inner room of your own with you. Yes, that's beautiful. And also the nature, we are so far removed from nature in the bigger cities. Uh, you know, it's all concrete, <laughs> except for Central Park, which is a beautiful oasis in New York City. But just to come into the water, which is nature. I mean, it's, it's, it's basic element. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm lucky enough to say right outside my window is the beach. Uh So I was able to have that, which was very healing. But again, a lot of the time, if we look at how many hours we're at work or whatever, we may not get to that beach every single day. So it's true. And, And one of the things in the bath that I do is I ask in the beginning, there's a setup meditation and I balance the four elements. So even though you're not necessarily having them around you, you have them, you invite them in within you and then you soak in them like the oil, the oils, um, the um i'm sorry the epsom salts are like earth the fire of the candle right um the smells like it's all the senses as well um i'm trying to think about the other elements the air of like if you have incense or the candle right mm-hmm. um earth air fire water and spirit you're inviting in spirit and you're mm-hmm. soaking in the water so it is a way to kind of invite nature in and balance beautiful beautiful is there anyone who uh should not be bathing are there any contraindications you can think of at all i mean i'm thinking oh that's a good yeah actually i mean i guess if you're pregnant you shouldn't take too hot a bath if you're have high blood pressure or heart you know are there certain contraindications that you know of one thing i was wondering about because i sometimes write for breast cancer magazines as a way to share my experience with other women going through it and um i remember that when i was going through radiation it was very painful because you know you have to like put certain lotions on and avoid the sun and i kind of remember you weren't supposed to take hot baths i don't know if you weren't supposed to take baths at all but they're also very careful during chemo about you getting infections and adding anything Mm -hmm. so essential oils most of them are very good for you Uh, you know in water they're diffused and especially with epsom salt um, you definitely don't want to eat them, which I say in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would definitely, like if you're going through chemotherapy or breast cancer or something like that, clear it with your doctor. Mm-hmm. The other thing I say in the book is that there are certain fiery essential oils that you want to be careful about. Um, I had a little blooper on the way to writing this book where I invited my husband in for a couple's bath, and I had read in one book, because I read a, I always read a lot of books about everything, but um, I read that cinnamon can be a master oil for anger. 
So right. I was like, it's oh, we'll put, he seems yeah. he seems angry. We need to shift the mood. Like, you know, we need to let all this down the drain. Like, I'm going to put in some cinnamon, some this. And, I mean, we went in together. And all of a sudden I hear, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> like, you know, and he's, like, furious. Got to be careful and with so, that cinnamon. <laughs> but, yeah, so he, I mean, I didn't even put that much. So he got out, and I thought he was going to say, like, no more couples baths ever again. But he just said, don't ever use cinnamon again. <laughs> So he was pretty good about it. Well, I'm glad um, you tested your recipes before you. Oh took yes, <laughs> I definitely test them for two years. So, nice. Yeah, but anyway, so that would be an example because um, I did a, actually get certified after that, and the guy said, you know, put certain fiery oils in a diffuser if you want to have the effects of them and their mm -hmm. energetic properties. Don't necessarily put them on your skin or in the. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because there are some cinnamon is one of the uh, spices that are really good for depression for invigorate. You know, if you have certain. You know, you're slow, you're slow, your energy is down. Just a little bit of cinnamon in the air or in the food is really good for just revving up the energy. But, yeah, in the cracks and crevices of the body, maybe not so much. <laughs> we could vouch for that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the couple's bathing, do you want to just talk about what that has what the maybe not yourself. <laughs> don't don't talk about your personal life but but as far as uh for relationships you know yeah. maybe give us some inspiration for enhancing our relationships with some couples bathing since you went there okay yeah. sure i'm mm -hmm. fine with it you could ask me whatever but <laughs> anyway um for us one thing that i pointed out was that my husband doesn't like to spend a ton of money when we go out on day night and actually we've gotten really good at just finding places where we can spend 15 bucks for like an indian restaurant that we like and go to a movie and that'll be it and come back like in three hours but it's still fun you know mm -hmm. and we get out of the house yeah. um but he was really thrilled when i said oh you know what um, maybe we won't need a babysitter. I have like all the things that we need for the bath and we can just slow dance and, you know, to have number one, an inexpensive date night that's at home without a babysitter. So even that, like he was sold. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but I mean, beyond that, what I found is that, you know, when you come home, he's a social worker. Um, we met on the job. Actually, I'm a psychologist. So he used to have a, he still has a somewhat stressful job. He used to have a very stressful job. Um, and he would come home exhausted. And a lot of times, like, even though I love my job, I'm tired, you know, I don't necessarily want to talk and we might have a little time together at night. So it's a transition to leaving everything behind is really valuable and getting into a space where you can be present. So one thing is that it's inexpensive day night at home. Another thing is that you can be present. The other thing I talk about is, um, in Reiki, they do what's called an attunement mm -hmm. process where energetically you get in sync with each other and, you know, moms and babies attune to each other without words. So this whole thing of having a shared meditation and then praying together and meditating together in the, in the bath and the water helps to attune you to the same energetic vibration mm -hmm. and then getting messages from the bath. So you're not necessarily in your mental mode. You open your heart, you relax, and it's very good energetically for getting you in sync and having a shared intention. Um, then beyond that, I have a specific path. So if you want to have um, insight on how to communicate better, how to decrease your anger for each other, how to, um, you know, recommit to your relationship or create a shared vision. There's all different things. So um, you can have those intentions with the meditations and do them together. Awesome. Um, so we, yeah, we that found it's really, really nice. That sounds really nice and really healing for relationships. Yeah. So I love that all that is in the book. So we need to all get the book and I'll give all the information for the book at the end. I'll have you do that. Um, I just keep getting this vision of the Last Supper, where Jesus washed the feet of, oh, of the disciples. Oh, Mary! Yeah. And, I, and yes, I, I'm I'm obsessed with Mary Magdalene, um, uh -huh. who she washed his feet with her hair, but or so they think uh -huh. it was her. I don't know; it could have been another Mary. They were all named Mary back then. But I think the idea of just 
that sacred act of bathing and bathing one another is is such an intimate and uh, just a sacred uh, act to perform with someone else. So the idea of bringing that into your relationship is really special and and divine. It really brings God, I love that brings God into everything. I I just I think it's really beautiful. Thank you so much for this idea, this book, the idea of sacred baths. It's such a such just kind of a simple thing. It's like, why didn't I think about this? It's like, why don't we think about this? We're so, like you said, we're so far removed from the idea of bringing that sacred into our everyday. And I, I just crave it. And I know a lot of my listeners will get a lot out of this and hopefully we'll pick up the book. And so Aww, with that segue, let's give us all the information about you and, and the book and where we can find it. Oh, thank you so much, Connie. I appreciate that. Um, so my website for the book is www.sacredbathing.com. Okay. And on there, there's links to the book on Amazon, Llewellyn, and um, Barnes and & Nobles. And hopefully it'll be in the bookstores. You can pre-order it now, or it'll be in the bookstores on August 8th. And it's called The Book of Sacred Baths, 52 Bathing Rituals to Revitalize Your Spirit. Awesome. So there really awesome. there's one for every week. So we can start... That can be our I do it every day, you yeah. know. Yeah. The thing is that I that I really when I teach, I like for people to be creative. So yes, there's one for every week. But I think when you get this idea, like you know, all of a sudden I'll have a new issue and I'll create a bath ritual around it. Because once you learn the process, you can really individualize it yeah. or do group rituals with your friends. So awesome! That's yeah. a, actually, yeah. you just I, you just reminded me of my three friends from high school. Three of my very best friends. We wanted to get together and do something fun and light because we all have really serious lives and you know so much was going on. We had a couple divorces at the time. This is about ten years ago, and one of my friends had a child that was uh, had autism, and I'd lost a child, and it was just like heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. So there's a day spa that actually has, and I think it's more for couples. But we wore our bathing suits and we got in there, and we we they had like different things you could scrub on your body and we just did it together and we laughed we laughed so freaking hard it wasn't even funny so it just came back to me and that was a (laughs) sacred hey and I'll just give a shout out to Lisa Colleen and Karen I love you guys and that was just a sacred girls time so what a great idea yeah I, I didn't even know that I was creating that so we haven't done it again it's time we're we're due girls we're due so you guys should check out um spa castle there's i haven't been to one in the city but there used to be one in there's one in queens as well okay and you go for 35 dollars. maybe it went up but you the whole day there's every kind of sauna and all kinds of bathing pools and it's a great girls day oh cool spa castle i'll I'll check it out i'll send my daughter there too all right well thank you so much paulette it's it's thank you honey awesome to talk to you been a privilege. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a wonderful day. Back to Happy, A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit BackToHappyBook.com.